morning, New Life family. So good to see everyone. It's the holiday season. Amen. There's people already moving to and fro around the globe, especially in our states. Amen. Connecting with family members and looking forward to enjoying one another. Amen. We want to take advantage of this season and um, make sure that Jesus is top tier. And we want to start today by just taking a moment right now. And if you'll do that, it'll, it'll be amazing what you'll begin to experience, amen, in his presence. Let's just feel after him for a moment. Everybody has been designed to feel after him. And that's when he suddenly comes to his house. Amen. Just feel after him a moment. Mm. Amen. Now, while you're feeling after him, let's all say, Jesus. Mm. There's something about that name. Let's say it again. Jesus. Amen. It's important that we pause, amen, and always get our bearings in the spirit. You are a spirit being. You live in a body and you have a soul. You are a spirit being. And of all of God's great big plan, amen, he chose you to give everything, everything to have a relationship with you. Amen. And so it's important that we redefine our idea of what praying looks like, ladies and gentlemen. What is prayer? What does it mean to you today? And if you'll let me challenge that, amen, for the next few moments today, you're going to find out that our topic on being, being is the treasure. Amen. Last week we found out that Jesus gave a parable and he talked about a man finding a field or he, he walked into a field and he found a treasure and he hid that treasure and he went and sold everything. He gave everything up to have that field so he could have the treasure. And it took some yes, Lord, in my time with God for him to open up my understanding that that field is humanity. That field is humanity. And in the beginning, when God took dust, dirt, and he formed humanity and breathed in humanity, amen, and made him a living soul, that for Adam, man and woman, Adam, to be able to live up to being who they were designed to be, that they were going to have to know God to do that. Anybody need to know God today? Now, you, you won't ever, ever know him as far as I got him figured out. Forget that. Don't try that. But you can have 
in, in the room you feel the presence of God. You can have an intimate knowing. Amen. You ever heard the phrase, I know that I know that I know? The Lord designed everything around you coming into a knowing. He's into the details of your life. And not that he cares for anybody to hurt or to experience sorrow and challenges and storms of life. But he wants you to know him. And it's through the guilt in our life and the shame in our life that you begin to understand who he really is now. And he's merciful. And he's long-suffering. And he's gentle. And he's kind. And he's temperate. Anybody catching on yet? The fruit of God's spirit. Adam wasn't attracted to that in the beginning. He hadn't made a mistake yet. He didn't need it. What was attractive to him was knowledge. I think I can do this. Anybody ever thought like that before? I got it. And that was attractive to him. And in that, when we think we got it, we don't realize that we're actually pushing back on the one that's got it. That we're rejecting the one that loves us. And he suffers when we reject him. Because he, he wants relationship with us. But for him to have relationship with us, it requires that he be the source. Some of y'all need a miracle today. Some of y'all need a rendezvous today. Some of y'all need to know that daddy really cares. And I'm telling you that he marked the calendar for you for this moment and the next moment and the next moment. And when you begin to live in the moment with a feeling, oh, I feel from right here, not here. That'll mess you up. Feel from right here. And you can feel the troubling of the waters, the stirring, oh, the pressure. Oh. And you take that most unruly member and you say, Jesus, Jesus. Now, some of y'all need a little bit more content than Jesus. I can tell you what the Lord said about that. He said, now, if you want to truly pray, which our religious world they're trying because they were handed some ideas. No, nobody meant ill intent, but it happened. And the next thing you know, and we're trying to earn an audience with God. We're trying to do penance. Get some credits. Maybe you'll get older to see me one day. And we've got all kind of ideas of what prayer looks like, and it's none of that. I held my grandson this morning in our huddle session. And my grandson 
You know, as much as I love my children, I wasn't a good parent because I didn't know how to parent. And um, I can say that I know a little bit more about being a grandparent. But still in all, as a biological father, I didn't require my children to beg for an audience from me. They didn't have to go work to get my attention. They didn't have to do something special to earn, amen, time with me. And I want you to know today, you don't have to do anything other than just say, Jesus. Let me say it this way. Jesus said to his disciples, because they knew every time he went out, he's God come in flesh, and God in flesh is revealing to them a relationship between son and spirit, flesh and spirit. Amen? Son and father, showing them how to do that. And he says, they, they ask, Lord, teach us to pray. And so our religious world convinces us it's, uh, you know, just... You know, quote this and you're good. No, if it's not producing fire, passion, and fellowship in the Spirit, you didn't follow Jesus' instructions. This is important. I love the silence because that's the best amen you can give our daddy is that you're listening to what the Spirit is saying. Amen. And he says, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven. I'm doing the King James. Hallowed be thy name. That means, in simple terms, Daddy, thank you for revealing to me your name. And what name is above every name? Hmm. He gave his son his name. And when the second man, Adam, showed up, now we're fixing to have church. Now we're fixing to step into the kingdom of God because God in flesh showed up to show us how to do it. And this son of God, God in flesh, makes a statement, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him do. I don't do nothing else. Well, it sounds like a lot more fun there, because you don't have to worry about nothing no more. You ain't got to fix anything. Think about it. Somebody's going to catch this today, and your miracle has already got the waters troubled. In the, I'm talking about Rivers of living water are stirring right now. And receiving him is so easy and light. <laughs> it's not burdensome. It's not tasking. You don't have to sweat. Matter of fact, the, the, the priest in the temple only could wear linen because they were not to sweat when they ministered. When they served in the house, God didn't want them sweating wouldn't work. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Can I, can I paraphrase it for you? Say Jesus. Because <sighs> who gave you that name? He did. Our Father. 
gives you identity in his name. And you're joining with him when you say, Jesus. You're making yourself available for him. And if you follow the rest of that prayer, it's simply what's happening at that point. Once you agree with your identity in him, in Christ, that you've been baptized in the name that's above every name, and you've been given that name, amen, through baptism, and you agree with that reality, how great is your, you call, you chose me to host you so that your name could be revealed in this earth. What follows is the will of the kingdom follows. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The will of the kingdom follows my agreement and ability and my willingness to host his presence. The kingdom follow the will of the kingdom follows. I'm being redundant for a purpose right now. Yes, Lord. Ah, the will of the what's the will of the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. If you're not experiencing that right now, whatever storm you're in, you can actually stop worrying and lay down and go to sleep with Jesus in the boat. You don't have to worry. He already won the battle. He already defeated the works of sin. He took the disease and the illness and destroyed it. All he's asking from me and you. Come on, somebody, somebody. What about my fine? He got that one too. What about my relationships? He got that too. The will of the kingdom follows. And look, ladies and gentlemen, you can do this at any point of any moment of any day. You can just pause and readjust, amen, your alignment in the spirit and feel after him and say, Jesus. And he will, this is how he says it, I will suddenly come to my temple. And the will of the kingdom will follow. Not only that, the seed of God's word. Come on, this is give us this day our daily bread. Who, who was the bread that came down from heaven? Jesus was the bread that came down from heaven. He, he's not asking for you to ask for finances. He got that covered. You, that's little stuff. He's wanting you to be who you're designed to be, your sowers of the seed. The will of the kingdom. Amen. The seed of the kingdom, the bread from heaven comes. Mm. And once we get the seed of the kingdom, the potential is in the seed now for us to be the stewards we're designed to be. Amen. You know, we have three points today we're supposed to go over. And for you that can't stand it when you miss your three points... We're right in the middle of something. I haven't even got to the announcement. But I'm right in the middle of the announcement. You see, the first point is God owns it all. I don't own anything. And the temptation that I have in my first point here is that the thing that I have in my possession, I'm tempted to try to own it. And the moment I attempt to own it, it begins to own me. 
and it wears me out trying to keep up with it. Is anybody trying to own something that God put in your possession? Because step number two is I am a steward. And the thing that I have in my possession, he designed me to invest it. I know some of y'all are thinking money. But the Lord's going to deliver many of you today from our cultural influence that has you being driven, enslaved to the idea that the American dream is the kingdom of God, and it ain't. The American dream has become a nightmare for most couples and families. It don't take a genius to do some inventory and find that out. The anxiety, the frustration, the broken relationships. I mean, the church can't even group together in small groups. We ain't got time. We're chasing after something trying to live up to an idea that didn't come out of the kingdom of God. It came out of the kingdom of hell. And we won't call it out because we're not allowed to in our culture. You might offend somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you today. God owns it all. And he didn't intend for us to worry and to fret over anything. But if you go do an inventory, you're worrying and you're fretting over things, amen, that he wants to take care of because he even takes care of the flowers of the field and the birds of the nest. How is it that you're worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, and what you're going to have in life? That's elementary to him. He calls you to be a steward. The question is, the point number three is, am I a good steward? And I'm going to read you a passage here shortly, maybe, that will encourage you on knowing that, oh, I should have had a V8 moment. I know I dated myself just then, but all of a sudden the you were enlightened, and it dawned on you. The sun comes up in the morning. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for your presence right now. So when you speak his name after feeling after him, the kingdom will shows up, the seed of the kingdom, which is the word of God. I'm not talking about quoting the scripture, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And you get the seed. You can't understand it, but you got it. And the Lord's saying, now sow it. Some's going to fall on good ground, some on thorny ground, some on stony ground, and some by the wayside. But you're called to sow. And we're going to learn, amen, as we open up our spirit, that our sowing process includes the fact that he takes care of us as his sowers. And when you take that seed and you give it away correctly, 
Amen. It's planted into the soil, the field that God purchased. Adam could not understand what he couldn't, amen, experience. Experience gives way to revealing for revelation. And when you're in line in the presence of God and you've come, amen, you made the conscious decision to come in his name. Come on, this in the name of Jesus is not an abracadabra statement. It's a living, it's a life, it's a being. When you do whatever you do in word or deed, you do it in the name of Jesus. In other words, you take on by willingly accepting your identity in Christ. You become available to him so that he can come to his house and he can be king of his kingdom within. And from the kingdom within you, he can be a demonstrator of authority, power, and dominion. People are looking for you and me to be who he says we are. And he saw that treasure in the beginning when Adam made a bad choice. But really, was it a bad choice? Come on now, Pastor. Don't, 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 don't pull on me now. No, obviously, Adam needing to know God and God giving him free will What's a setup? Did God mean to do anything bad to Adam? No. Adam did it to himself. He made a choice. But if daddy loves me, he'll tell me before I goof up and keep me from goofing up. Has anybody ever said that about your mom and daddy? Have you ever said that about your pastor? Pastor, keep me in line. Don't let me mess up. No, you're going to make decisions because the temptation is real. Getting through the Lord's Prayer is going to be fun today. The temptation is real. Remember, because Jesus said, pray that you not be led into temptation but delivered from evil. We ain't even got that part of the portion yet. And we're finding out that if I'll feel after him, host his name, and call on his name, which is above every name, that the will of the kingdom will follow, amen, the bread of life will show up, and I'll have the seed of God's word in my possession. And at that point, I can receive mercy. Come on, Adam needs mercy. He needs forgiveness. And how does Adam do it? He gives it away. You see, the seed that God has given to me and you comes out of the fruit of the spirit and that seed in the fruit of the spirit mature fruit come on man when you grow up in the spirit you're gonna help somebody come on it's time to become sons and daughters of the kingdom there's people in your path right now that's praying for an answer for a miracle for a revelation for someone to show them the way The best way I can show someone the way is show them my scars. The best way I can help someone out of the ditch is to show them how I got out of the ditch. And I've got something to say today about the one that loves me. 
He's my daddy. And I had to beg for an audience. He was there with me in, my, in the turmoil and the frustration and the pain, the guilt, the shame. Every time I dropped the ball, he was right there waiting on me to give him an opportunity to, to come into fellowship with me and pull me out of darkness and, and set me on a rock in light to stay. So the best way I can help somebody is I take the fruit of God's Spirit. It's a fruit. It has meat in it. You see, a fruit is important to the maturity of a seed. And you don't want a persimmon before it's ripe. I promise you that. I tried that before. Your body will go inside out. But when a persimmon is ripe, oh, boy, that, that tastes pretty good. And that seed is mature now. Now, if I'm a wise steward and I'm not the owner of the tree, if I'm a wise steward, I'll take the meat of that persimmon. Why am I using a persimmon for? My goodness. And I'll take that meat of that persimmon and I'll use it for substance, encouragement, puts a smile on my face. But that's not really why I have it. You see, I have it because there's seed in there. And a good steward that knows who owns the tree is going to invest the seed into the field that he purchased. And the field that he purchased is in front of me every day called people. And because of mercy and grace, because of God's long-suffering and kindness and his temperance and his gentleness and his patience, anybody catching on yet? I had meat that comforted me. It tasted good. It brought hope. It brought strength to me. And it wasn't all about me, though, because I don't own it. I know who I am, and I know who my daddy is. And my daddy, who owns it all, decided that he was going to have a relationship with me. And he chose me to be the one that would sow the most valuable thing he has to give away, and that's the seed. And that seed would bring hope. That seed would, that seed would bring a message of, I am valuable. He does care. And it, 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 come on, ladies and gentlemen. In the beginning, the Spirit moved on the face of the deep. Can you imagine being there in the beginning and the Spirit of God? God is a Spirit, God is love. And God wants relationship, and His Spirit moves on the face of the deep. But not only did his spirit move on the face of the deep, God said, I'm going to throw some seed out here now. Let there be light. And he chose you and me to be his mouthpiece. He won't let an angel go tell the good news. And the angels, they know the articulation of the good news, they know it. They know it in all kinds of languages. But he won't let them go tell it. 
an angel comes to Cornelius that's praying, and God is turned on by his diligence and his commitment and his devotion and his love for people. And an angel goes down there and says, hey, Cornelius. And it kind of startled Cornelius because an angel's up in there. Anybody ready to see angels? Get ready because hunger's stirring, guys, ladies. Hunger's stirring. And, and, and people are making decisions right now. Today, this is not just another Sunday. This is the day of the Lord. I'm not the one talking right now, by the way. Our daddy is talking to all of us as his kids. And you know it, and I know it. And the reason we know it is because we have that DNA in us that said, this is God talking. And anything can happen right now. And we're finding out that prayer is not ritualism. We're finding out that, hmm, I'm shifting the way I pray from now on. Let me tell you, every one of y'all here, take all your prayer lists and throw them in the trash can. I have such a boldness on me right now. And the fire is just burning inside my spirit right now. Take your prayer list and throw them in the trash can. I think I'll say it a third time. Take your prayer list, burn them, and let the ashes fall in the trash can. And right now there's a religious spirit that is ticked off at me for saying that like that because he's losing ground quickly. The unction of the Spirit and the anointing wants your availability not to be wore out because you spent 30 minutes with repetitions, vain repetitions, praying about and people. God loves all those people. He wants to love on them more than you want them to be loved on. He just needs you and me to get available so out of the well of living water that resides in us, the rivers can flow out of us, and he can say what needs to be said. There's miracles already happening in the room right now, and the enemy is running. Thank you, Jesus. Because all of us, everybody in this building needs to be set free from religious ideas and religious traditions and religious demons that come in the name of Jesus and have spirits that follow them that portray themselves to be apostles of the... They're not. You're sick and tired of the church world. I know you are. You're here today because you're sick and tired of it. You're ready to be the church. You're ready to be the sons and daughters of your daddy, Jesus Christ. And right now, he don't need more rain repetitions coming up to him because he's not interested in them. He's interested in sons and daughters that will only say what they're hearing him say. And they only do what they see him do. And he's, he's touching lives. He's interested in the field that he purchased. And he wants the treasure. And the treasure is you being. You being. <sighs> and so the only thing that matters most, and my daddy Adam, your daddy Adam, 
really didn't make a bad decision when he got tempted. Really. In the end, God covered it. And out of his bad decision, come on, some of you have made some bad decisions. I'm talking to some people who made some bad decisions in this room. Out of it comes the treasure. Look, y'all, 25 years ago, Patrick Run Turner said, y'all do not have enough scars for the anointing that's on this place. Is anybody catching on yet? For what God's going to do with New Life Fellowship in this community, we got to get some scars. Well, I wasn't jumping up and down about going to get no scars. But guess what? When I look back and I measure it to what I'm getting from heaven, I go back through it again. Now, I know some of you are saying, and I've, I've had to have that talk with God. I know <laughs> I wouldn't do that again. I wouldn't do that again. And I, but let me say it like this so you can catch it. He trusted you. He trusted you with the choice you made. He knew you were going to make it before you made it. And he knew that the people in your life prior to you making that choice, they didn't mean no ill intent, but they were entertaining lies too. Good people. Uh, I mean, look, you, you, you got to get on up, get up here with my grandma Wallace. But the Lord let me know she's not me, son. She's me in that I gave her identity. But she didn't have me figured out neither. And she worked with what I gave her. I gave her the seed, and she worked with it. But for her to be able to work with it on the level she worked with it, she had some scars too. And she got them from the lies that, Others in their life entertained. Religious lies. Talking about being, ladies and gentlemen. And there's such a rest that's in this room that's available for every one of us right now. Oh. And so I'm able to give away the seed of mercy because I needed it. I got it out of a fruit of the Spirit. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, a true worshiper worships in spirit and in truth. You can't just worship in truth and be a son or a daughter. You can't just worship in spirit and be a son or a daughter. In order to be a son or daughter, there needs to be experience and then revealing. Ah. And the Lord empowers us to go through some storms, don't he? He empowers us to go through some pain. He empowers us to deal with the, the entertainment of lies. Come on, anybody ever have emotional dips? And you just get upset, bless God, and you got a scripture to back up why you need to be upset? And the enemy will take the Bible, and he will take all those scriptures to support the lie you're believing. Anytime your emotion dips... You need to address the lie because the re-kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. 
When your emotion dips, that's not the kingdom. That's a signal that you're entertaining a lie. You ever, ever want to make somebody straighten up and do right? You see, and, and we have to address the lie we're entertaining. The moment I think that someone needs to change so I can have a better day. And the enemy will put people in prison, especially our relationships, our spouses, and our children, and our brothers and sisters. Because we want everybody to live up to our idea of who Jesus is. And we haven't figured out. We don't have him figured out. So I need the fruit. I need the meat of the fruit. I need to experience it. And when I experience a mature fruit, the meat of it, there's also seed there. Who I just found out that the Lord forgives. He forgave me. I want you to know he'll forgive you. And by the way, I was angry. I'm not no more. I'm in love with what he sees. Anybody catching on? And the moment I forgive you, I am forgiven. The moment I have mercy on you, the mercy of God is extended to me. And what am I doing at that point? I am being a steward of the treasure. I'm sowing the seed. Some falls on good ground, some on thorny, storny, and wayside, religious ground. You can't hardly break through religious ground. It's been traveled too much. <laughs> Religious pathway, that's where the enemy walks. And he's playing over here in the stone, stony stuff and the thorny stuff too. But when you get cultivated, come on, that's what the Spirit was doing, ladies and gentlemen. When the Spirit moved on the face of He was cultivating it. And then he said, let there be light. He planted the seed. And there was light. And Jesus came 4,000 years later, after our daddy made what we thought was a bad call, but it was the perfect call so that he could get to know his daddy, his mercy, his forgiveness, his gentleness, his kindness, his temperance, his long-suffering, his patience, and he could take on that identity out of experience and through storms revealing and now, here's the treasure. And all that we do now, we know who owns it all. We know that we're stewards. And we've decided, you know, we're going to answer the question whether or not we're good ones or not. What makes you a good steward? This will help you today. It's in a book called The Bible. Jesus wasn't saying it. He asked the question, why are you worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where are you going to live? How much money you got in the bank account? Why are you worried about that stuff? He says, that's elementary. Go read your passion translation. He's just like, oh, man. He was slapping in the King James. That's really slapping. He said, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have any plans for you to worry about anything. Anybody worried about our culture and worried about our nation and worried about 
whether or not uh, the economy is going to crash and inflation is going to shoot up and deflation is going to happen. And come on, that anybody worried? And if you are, you're not sowing. Pause in for a minute. If you're worried, the enemy has your attention, and God doesn't. Anybody ever worried? No, the Scripture talks about worry being as the sin of witchcraft. It's, well, go ahead and call it what the Spirit is. If you worry, you're worshiping someone besides Jesus. The moment you worried. Anybody worried you're going to die? Everybody in this room's going to die. So what do we do about it? We get full of life. We get full of life. We get full of him. We pause and we feel after God. And he comes to his house and we speak his name because we know who we are. The kingdom of God and its will follows. Come on. I mean, righteousness, peace, and joy comes in like a wave. And the moment I'm hosting God, I'm hosting his kingdom because the kingdom is within you. Just hold, because seed's following, bread's coming, a word from heaven's coming. Why? Because God's in love with the next person that's worried. And only the only way the next person that's worried is going to get out of their ditch, they have to have someone that's called the light. The salt of the earth. Come on, somebody that says, here I am. I'm ready to help you out. I found out my daddy loves me and he loves you too. And he's not going to give me a miracle and not you one neither. He's going to give you one right now. Somebody believing this yet? You see, being is the treasure. That Jesus gave everything. But this body that I'm wearing, this soul, I'm not just talking about the body, I'm talking about the carnal nature, flesh. He was willing to work on it and cultivate it until it received his spirit. Amen. And come alive. Amen. Right now, regardless of what's going on in our world, everybody, all of creation, all of creation, God don't lie, right? All of creation is on tiptoes looking for the manifestation of the sons, the children of God. Looking. Why is all of creation looking? Because he's the one in charge, God. He owns it all. He ain't worried about nothing. And if I choose to worry, I have to reject him first. Now, why'd you have to go say it like that? And the culture wants you worried because they don't want you saying anything that's going to hurt their feelings. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the demons that are tormenting the people that God's in love with. Let me say it simpler, easier. The lies that everybody's entertaining. Okay, does that sound better? Okay. The lies that everybody's entertaining. 
Lord wants that house back. Let me say it this way. I was in prayer. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Consider that. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? What's the thing that you're taking away from what I'm giving to you today? What is the takeaway? And I want to say this to you. Let's pray one morning before daybreak. And uh, <laughs> waking up is fun sometimes. It's before daybreak. And so this, this encouragement I'm giving you, I, I just went out and felt, I walked out on my porch and <sighs> I felt after him. And I said, Jesus. Oh. It's amazing how powerful we are when we do that. I just went out and I felt after him. Oh. And I called his name, Jesus. And when I did that, I stayed there, and I, boy, you could feel him. Mm. And the temptation is to try to figure out what God's going to do next. And all of a sudden, an impression came. You know, if I said, I heard him say, you might think I audibly heard him say it. I didn't audibly hear him. An impression came. With that impression, which some of y'all are picking up big time right now, and you're thinking, is this God? And, and, and I'm telling you it is. And God's going to let you, if you'll trust him, put it to the test. He's going to blow your mind. going to blow you away. And the enemy's going to lose a lot of ground today in your life. In other words, that field belongs to him. Sis, you belong to daddy. He bought you. That's his field. The enemy don't want you to find that out for sure, right? And I know she knows that. But that impression, that impression that's coming is the seed of God's word. And he said, I want you to walk across the street and I want you to knock on that door in that house. It's not even daybreak, y'all. Now, how am I going to do that? If I ain't hosting his presence, I ain't. It ain't going to happen. If there's not a knowing inside of me, I know that I know that I know, I ain't doing it. Isn't it awesome that God says, I'll give you that. Ask me for it. And he does. He gives us his spirit. And that's fire. That's spirit and fire. Once you get that, you, the devil don't want to deal with you when you get that. I know that I know that I know. Now, I can't explain it. It's dark. They're probably still asleep logically, and I've got a decision to make. And, I, and God is not going to make that choice for me. He's expecting me to make the choice. Well, Lord, it's dark, and I don't want to wake nobody up. And I decide to be logical with God instead of trusting. And he gave me everything I needed. I got the, I mean, I mean it's just like it, breath came into me. I got this fire. I know something I can't explain. And yet I'm tempted to explain it. And that's the part of the next prayer, y'all, that next part of the prayer, after you forgive and you're forgiven, and then you say, well, thank you, Lord, for not leading me into temptation to get logical.
you delivered me from evil. A bad decision when I should accept you as my source. For you have all authority and all dominion and all power. It belongs to you forever. And at that point, you're just stewarding what he gave you now. And who gets all the credit? He does. And so, I had all the reason. I had a logical excuse why I shouldn't go across there and knock on that door. But because of the fire and the unction, it had my attention. And I valued it more than being embarrassed. I valued what was going on inside of me and the peace I was enjoying and a hug from daddy and his presence. I was valuing that more than being ashamed that I caused trouble at the house next door. And I went and knocked on the door anyway. Because I said, it ain't on me, it's on you, daddy. I mean, I have that kind of discussion. Okay, that's what you want to do? Uh, you done proved it, I know. If it messes up, it's on you. I'm going to tell on you. And he's like, that's cool. I'll take it. And they didn't answer. And so I'm thinking, I'm out of this, man. I didn't, they didn't hear me. I didn't beat on it too hard neither. I think I'm delivered. I've done what you said. And before I got off the porch, he said, go around to the back, knock on the door. But I value what I'm experiencing because he's talking to me. I'm not hearing all, but the impression is like, it's just, it's so awesome. I, yeah, I'm going to do it. And while I'm walking around the, the house, there's this person walking down the street and they recognize me. You that preacher? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know it's weird looking for me being out here at somebody else's house. <laughs> And they said, can I help you? I said, yeah. I, I was in prayer, and the Lord prompted me to knock on the door here and encourage these people. And this person said, oh, I know them. They walked right up to the door, knocked on it heavy, real heavy. And nobody answered, and they opened the doors. Oh, like, and they, read, and they, they started loudly speaking their name. Guess what? This person was in the shower weeping saying, Daddy, if you love me, God, if you love me, would you send someone to tell me that you actually see me right now? Was that because I was super spiritual? Everybody in this room from heaven's lens, everybody in this room from heaven's lens is super spiritual. Everybody. Are you going to agree with him, though? Walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's the lust of the flesh? The lust of the eye and the pride of life. I'm in charge. I'm the one in control. I own it. When you're in the Spirit, you won't do that. When you walk in the Spirit, you enjoy the presence of God on a level. <laughs> Embarrassment, regret, all that stuff dissipates. It's under your feet. And everybody in this room wants to go there with Daddy. 
in the majority of this room, you're tired of playing church. You've had enough. And I'm telling you today, the daddy told me to come tell my brothers and sisters that you have an audience with him every moment of every second of every day. And at any time that you choose to engage with him, all he's asking from any of us is to feel right here. Quit thinking about it. Quit thinking about it. Quit thinking. If you're going to think, think on these things that are true, just, honest, pure, and a good report. Get yourself aligned so you can feel. Feel. And the moment you feel after him and hold, say, Jesus, you're repeating the name he calls you by. Every one of his kids he calls by his name. That's why you're baptized into his name. When you come into an agreement with your identity, all things are new. <laughs> and every bit that he suffered on that cross, every drop that he shed, still has the same power, dominion, and authority it had that day. And the enemy's beat. He's the owner. I'm a steward. And I'm going to choose today to be a good steward. There's only one good, and that's God. So how do I be a good steward then? There's only one good. I'm going to host the good one. I'm going to host the good one. I'm going to agree with who I am in him. I'm not going to worry. If worry's there, if you have worry in your spirit, it's time for you to cast it down today. It's time for you to address the lie. It's time for you to put God back on the throne. You are not to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you, how your bank account looks. That's not your concern. And stewards are wise. So what wisdom are we talking about? I need Jesus and I need his presence to have place in my life so that I can walk in his spirit and he can be the owner he is and I can join with him in his glory and see him at work on a level he wants me to see I only hear what I hear my father say and I only do what I see And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a child of God, he ain't working 80 hours a week. He ain't beating himself up trying to live up to an idea that's a lie in our world. He's not wore out. His relationships aren't broken. Come on. Right now, our world, the family unit, has been divided. Our culture has an identity crisis big time. They can't even figure out who they are. And I'm not mocking that. I'm, 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 letting, I'm serving the enemy notice. All it takes is two or three that agree with Christ. Anything can happen. And I'm saying it to you right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the family of God to get together. It's time. Come on, this is not, this is not the church. How many times do you group? 
How many times this past week did you go from one house to the next, breaking bread and in fellowship and continuing the apostles' doctrine? How many times do you do that? Our culture won't let you do that. You ain't got enough time to do it. This house is going to be a house of small groups. That's what this house is going to be. And we're going to follow Jesus' example, and we're going to obey what he said, and we're going to take back what belongs to him. Our world, our nation, our state, our city, our community doesn't belong to the devil. Jesus already purchased it. He already purchased it. I'm not going to let this culture and the lies that we've been entertaining in our world hold me captive when I've been free. Come on, you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Come on, we're talking about something here that's important, ladies and gentlemen. Knowing the truth means you get intimate. To know the truth, you have become intimate. And you've got this, I know that I know that I know now. If you don't have that, you don't know the truth. That's why you're not living in freedom. You might know a Bible study, but you don't know the truth. If you know the truth, you've got this inner knowing that's on fire, amen, and you've let that fire and that passion take over. And now you're walking in freedom. If you're not free, the Lord wants you to know you can be free today. If your marriage needs more freedom, the Lord knows about it. He knew about it before you did. He wants to blow your mind. He can bring the honeymoon back because he's the source now. But if you're depending on psychologists and books and counsel sessions, seven steps, you ain't going to get there. You'll get there when he is king of his kingdom within. You'll get there when he becomes the source. And when you slow down enough to feel after him and agree with the name that's above every name, that's your identity, ah. And you let the seed of God's glorious heaven come to earth, ah. And you become who you're designed to be. Quit trying to own the relationship. He's the owner. You're not going to change anybody. God didn't call you to change anybody. And the moment you try to change somebody, you just messed up your miracle. You just spoiled the victory. Lord, here I am. Change me. Could we stand? If you're here today and you want to uh, get a knowing that you've never had before, could I invite you to come forward? And if you've got a knowing and you want that knowing to get on more fire, could I invite you to come forward? Guest, I know that you probably have appointments, and we're thankful you're here, but if you need to leave, you're welcome. But I invite you as to, you guest, there's something you need that you don't have. Could I invite you to come forward? And we do our steps at New Life Fellowship on purpose. But your best day is before you if you'll just pause a little bit and give him some room. 
Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for the word you gave. You're already working on a level that we can't even explain right now. Decisions are being made in relationships. Decisions are being made in relationship to you. Lies are being addressed. Religious ideas are being put down under several people's feet right now. And Lord, the hearts are open. Receive them, Father. And the Lord's telling me to tell you right now, receive His Spirit. Receive His Spirit. Receive His Spirit right where you are. Nobody else here but you and Jesus. Everybody gets a special audience with Him right now. Everybody gets a special audience with Him right now. Just you and Jesus. Everybody's hurting in this room for more of Him. Receive it. God bless you. Do what you feel. The seed's on the way. Trust Him. Your world's about to change. In Jesus' name.